criticized the, the vice president for not specifically calling out Antifa and other left-wing extremist right. groups. But are you willing tonight to condemn white supremacists and militia groups sure. and to say that they need to stand down and not add to the violence in a number of these cities, as we saw in Kenosha and as we've seen in Portland. Sure, Are you I'm prepared to, to do specifically that, do it? Well, I, go would ahead, say, I would say almost everything I see is from the left wing, not from the right so wing. So what, what, what are you saying? I'm, I'm willing to do anything. I want to see well, peace. Then do it, sir. Say I'm, it. Do it. Say it. You want to call them? What do you want to call them? Give me a name. Give me a white name. White and right boys. Stand back and stand by. But I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what, somebody's got to do something about Antifa and the left, because this is not a right his wing own, problem. This is, this is a left wing. This is a left wing. This is a left wing. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Provoking the Conversation podcast. Again, you guys know who I am. It's Sean. And, um, you know, here in Pittsburgh, it's getting a little bit colder. The, the leaves are starting to fall off. The wind's starting to blow. So usually when it gets colder, you have to worry about, you know, the elderly because they get colder easily. And there are two elderly people that I'm very worried about because they may end up in charge of our country. And their names are Donald Trump and Joe Biden. So on Tuesday of this week, it was the presidential debate, the first one. And um, yeah, I'm going to keep it real with you guys because I like you guys. It wasn't pretty. I'm going to talk about that. I'll talk about some of the takeaways that I got from it, being able to step away from a day um, and actually look at what they said about certain things and look at what they did about certain issues will um, definitely help with um, how we view it. So I'll talk about the debate a little bit. I'll talk about some other news, but this episode's really going to be focused on the debate and everything like that. So hopefully you guys enjoy. Hopefully you hear some of my takes. And there was some interesting things said, so we'll, we'll talk about them as we get there. Guys, once again, thanks for listening. Um, Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Like us, follow us on Spotify. Um, we will be, we are on YouTube as well. Um, the interview with Lauren should be updated to uploaded to YouTube by the time you actually hear this. If not, very soon. I also will stop up. I will start uploading every episode as well. Um, so, guys, thanks again for listening. All right, debate. Joe Biden, Donald Trump. Chris Wallace, which I would like to say, I just want to take a moment and, you know, I hope Chris Wallace took an opportunity. He was the moderator um, of the debate. I hope, I hope he took an opportunity, went home, put on his nice cozy socks, put on his nice pair of sweatpants, took off his glasses, laid back in his chair, smoked a big fat joint, had himself a drink because, man, they were tripping. They were tripping, man. Just between both of them just interrupting each other, more Donald Trump than Joe Biden, it was a fiasco. It, it, it was. If you didn't get an opportunity to watch it, I'm going to try to sum it up the best way I can um, during this podcast. But if not, go back and watch it. I guarantee you will have an emotional roller coaster. So, yeah. Um, before we jump right into the debate and some of the main parts of it, I want to just 
two things, two big points of news before we go ahead and get too deep in. First one um, was about some news, some things that came out about the Breonna Taylor case. Um, there have been some instances and some news possibility. Uh, there's been some reports, I'm just going to say that, about with the Breonna Taylor case, um, that ballistics, um, the ballistics report, um, don't support that Daniel Cameron, um, Daniel Cameron's claim that the boyfriend of Breonna Taylor, um, that those ballistics reports don't support that he shot a cop, which is one of the main points that were brought up in the indictment of the case. I just thought that was interesting. So my whole thing, and I didn't talk about it too much because we had our interview with Lauren, but I'm gonna take a moment to kind of give my two cents about the case. Um, first of all, I would like to see the full case report. I would like to see how they came to that conclusion. I think the public should be given that since it's such a public case. That's just my opinion. Maybe they don't agree, who knows. The other part about this, guys, is that there's still so many questions. All right. So the officer was charged for shooting the neighbor's wall, and they said that the boyfriend shot at the officers first. Now, there were some other things that came out that the officers did announce themselves as they entered. Okay, perfectly fine. But before they said, you know, the, um, you know, the, the neighbors didn't hear anything, but they said by independent investigation, the neighbors didn't. So that's kind of my first thing. Second of all, let's talk about some of the other events that have happened from that point. Louisville has passed a law for no-knock warrants. So wait a minute. You passed a law to get rid of no-knock warrants, even though from the sake of this case, they did announce themselves and did knock, because that's what is kind of circulating, but you changed the law to say that this is wrong to have. The other thing about it, if the whole time that the officers did not mean to shoot Breonna Taylor, why didn't they just come out and say that from the first place? Hey, there was an accident. We didn't mean to shoot Rihanna. We will, you know, we'll, we'll be held accountable. You know, why didn't they just get in front of it first instead of going through all this hoopla? There's, there's a lot of different things that don't hold up here. I, I mean, I can go into detail and I can go all day. It's just there's still some holes here. Hopefully more will be revealed in the future. Hopefully they appeal because, again, I'm not completely sold. This is not Sean trying to indict every officer that shoots a black person. I want you guys to understand where I'm coming from here. There are a lot of cases that have come out through history, and there are, there's a lot of instances where a black man or black woman or African-American in this country is killed, and all the pieces don't match up. And, and then there's also instances in this world where an African-American is charged with something and gets a crazy sentence. When you're like, well, all the pieces tell you that this was, you know, not as serious as the sentence they're given. For some reason, we are so quick in this country to say that this person was justifiable dad and there's no reason for us to hold anybody accountable when it comes to black people. For some reason, we are so quick to say this person should be thrown away and lock away the key when it comes to black people. It, it really seems like the scale is kind of off balance. So I, I just, I have to take two looks at this from the history. I'm, you know, um, so hopefully that keeps going. Hopefully they do appeal and hopefully there are some, you know, additional reviews of that. Um, just because history has shown us that, you know, I don't trust our, I don't trust the law system. I'm just going to be honest. And as an African-American, you know, seeing what people, sentences people get and how it treats us, I don't think you can blame me. And if you do blame me, I don't care. You can go pound salt. Um, that's just the case where it be.
Um, second thing I wanted to mention before we get into all this debate talk, Steelers and Titans game. I'm a Pittsburgh Steelers fan. I actually have a Pittsburgh Penguins hoodie on right now. Um, they got kicked out the playoffs. My friend Dave will not be happy about that. You know, they got kicked out pretty early. Hopefully they do better next year in the Tampa Bay Lightning run. Anyways, enough of hockey talk. The Titans and Steelers game has been postponed, and it's been postponed due to our favorite friend, COVID. COVID-19, um, one, I believe, five of the players and three of the personnel staff, or I might have those numbers off, um, have contracted COVID-19. Um, so from that, the initial report was the Titans played the Minnesota Vikings last Sunday. So the Minnesota Vikings staff, everybody had to be tested. They came up with no positive tests. Um, and then the Titans um, still had positive tests. So at first they were going to reschedule the game. They were going to reschedule the game for, I believe, Monday or Tuesday. Then it came out that they totally are going to go away with the game. So they're not going to play a game this week. They're going to reschedule the game for another week, probably going to play during Pittsburgh's um, actual bye week, and both teams get a bye week. So the Titans have time to go ahead and um, go ahead and get their staff, you know, and go ahead and get people to give them time to go ahead and fight this thing. Um. I don't think it's really fair to the Steelers, but we're living in a time where a lot of things are not going to be fair. So that's just kind of the case in point right now. Um, the interesting thing is that this is not going to be the last time this happens. This is not going to be the last time that COVID-19 um, gets in the way of sports or football. This happened with baseball, you know. Um, now, how the NFL is handling it, you know, Tomato, tomato. I think I'm going to have a guest on here to kind of, you know, iterate how they want to because I got a few opinions from some of my other friends and people I talk to. They think they could handle it better. But I think that, you know, there's really no right answer here. But anyway, that's all I wanted to say. I want to talk about a little bit what's come up with the Breonna Taylor case. And I want to talk about that. COVID-19 has reached the NFL and, you know, just be prepared to hear about those type of reports. So we're going to go ahead. Let's dive into the debate. All right. So presidential debate between Joe Biden and Donald Trump. <laughs> like I've kind of mentioned before. Yeah, this was. Um, it was something. It, it was definitely something. I actually sat through the whole 90 minute, you know, event. And um I'm I'm not a big anxiety person. I usually don't, you know, suffer from anxiety, but I got anxiety watching it. So I'm just going to talk about some of the things that I think that really stood out from the debate. Um, the, the number one thing that you probably heard through the news cycles and heard um, from various sources is that Trump did, did not denote white supremacy. Um, we'll talk about that. I, I don't want that to be the first thing we talk about here. The, the first thing that I want to kind of talk about here, guys, is the, just the, the, the level of Trump insults. Just He just went all the way with insults. He was just insulting Biden the whole time. You know, um, he, he talked about Joe's education. He said, you're not smart. And, he, no, and no, he said those exact words. Like, you, I wouldn't call you smart. You're not smart. Um, he talked about Joe, Joe Biden's son that struggled with, I believe, a coke addiction, which to me, that's off limits. Like if we're debating about policy and how to lead America and all these different things, that's fine. Like, let's debate it. You say whatever you want about me. You could call me whatever name in the book. You start talking about my son. 
I thought I thought Joe, I would have jumped over that. I would have went to the other side of that stage and gave Donald Trump the one-two combo. I would have looked like Mike Tyson. Nobody would have been able to stop me. But somehow, like, I don't get it. This is the leader of our country. And he him doing this election, just to give you guys a painting a picture for those of you who did not see it, was completely incontrollable. Chris Wallace, God bless his soul, even though he's not my favorite person. God bless Chris Wallace's soul. He was constantly going back and forth with Trump, trying to get him to, in a sense, what Joe Biden said, shut up. Just shut up for a second. Let the other person speak. It was like dealing with a child. I used to teach preschool guys, and I used to teach kindergarten too. I have been with children that are more controlled than that. Like, it was ridiculous. And I will say that. Like, usually I try to look at the brighter side or look at the other side of things. No, he was completely uncontrollable. He was an embarrassment. That's my big thing with Donald Trump. He also mentioned things about Joe Biden, like, hey, you've done nothing in 47 years. I've done more in, you know, I've done more in, um, you've done nothing in 47 years. I've done more in my term than you ever done. Tomatoes, tomatoes, you know, Joe was a senator. He wasn't necessarily president, but I, I, I get what he's saying. Um, and I'm, I'm going I'm to get on some Biden points here, too. I'm not going to give Donald Trump all my frustration here, but he can, he's getting in front of it. He's all, Donald Trump also mentioned other things, such as he said he's built the greatest economy um, to this point, which is not true. I actually shared an article on Facebook. And I think I'm actually going to share the article in the description of this because I want you guys to kind of read this. It actually breaks down the economy when it was at its highest, economy when it was with Obama, and economy now. Which, let's give Donald Trump his credit, even though I really don't want to because I don't really like the man personally. But the economy hasn't gone down, you know, since being with him. Now, that's excluded coronavirus. Coronavirus is not something that Donald Trump could control. Well, let me not say that. It's not something that Donald Trump necessarily could completely stop. But so I'm kind of excluding that. But sit, but pre-coronavirus, um, Donald Trump did have the economy in a good place. Not the greatest economy ever because he keeps saying that line and his supporters keep saying, yeah, Trump, make America great. It's the greatest America. No, that is, that's not accurate. Like, he, obviously we know he lies, but he's obviously lying about that. Has the economy continued to do good? Yes, because Obama has handed him off a good economy. When Obama gave him the job, pretty much things were going in the right direction. Within Obama's two terms, he made the country better. So Trump, all you had to do is come in here and not screw it up. Obama was like, here you go. Don't screw it up. I put things in place for you to be successful. Don't mess it up. And you know what he did? He let the coronavirus go crazy by, you know, being late to the party about it, even though you knew it was coming. He completely divides our country with his speech. And as he said in this debate, and we'll talk about in a moment, he did not, he did not condone, um, he did not commend, excuse me, or denounce white supremacists. Like, it's like, it's like getting a manager job. Let's say you get a manager job at a fast food restaurant. And the old manager says, you literally, all you have to do is fill in their time and make sure they get paid. They can run the place themselves. And somehow, some way, three months in, you got employees fighting with each other. The fryers are down. Orders are not getting in. That's what Donald Trump has done. 
He's completely not com- well. Let me not say completely, but he's not helped. He was handed something that was on the up towards. It looked okay, but with his attitude and everything he's done, he's kind of messed it up. Anyway, back to what he said during the debate. Um, th- this was an interesting question from Chris Wallace. He asked, "How much did you pay in federal income tax? How much did you pay in federal taxes?" Trump said millions. Even though, I don't know if you guys heard, there was a report that came out a little bit before the debate that Trump only paid $750 in taxes. No, 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 guys. You heard that number right. $750, which I believe I probably pay more in taxes than he does. No, 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 I do. Now, the other side of that conversation, I haven't mentioned that on this podcast. It's been out for a little bit, is that, you know, Trump has lawyers and tax experts that help him get every tax break in the book. I'm not against somebody using the tax breaks to, you know, to go ahead and get ahead. But, you know, somebody who makes that much money should want to pay some taxes. You know, you should want to give back to the American people. But that's neither here or there. Um, Biden talked about in response to the tax question that I, he was going to try to get rid of some of those laws that have benefited Trump. I don't think that's really an issue Biden should be um, hanging on. Maybe he tries to get rid of some of the tax laws that help the people or take money out of our pockets, such as the one Trump passed, I think it was a year ago, that we all saw on our tax returns that we didn't get crap or we owed more. I think that one should get thrown out the door because that one just hurt everybody, including the people. We saw a little bit more money in our paycheck, but it really didn't help us in the long run, in my opinion. It helped the corporations. Um... And, um, you know, the other thing is, like, these rich people, like Jeff Bezos, Donald Trump, these people own multi-million organizations who can hire people can just, that all they do is break down tax law and look for tax breaks, they're going to always find a loophole. If there's a loophole there, they're going to find it. So I don't think that's a major point of concern. I, I think that was just Biden kind of saying, like, look, I'm going to do everything I can to make this man uncomfortable, at least in my opinion. Other question that came up that I thought was interesting as well, they talked about healthcare, which healthcare for me, now I'm just gonna be real with you guys. I'm not a Democrat or Republican. My opinion over the last two years of watching Donald Trump, watching the Republican party, also watching the Democrat party, I've decided that I really, I don't think I side with either one of them completely or wholeheartedly. So I've decided to be independent. Even though I do tend to lean more towards Democrat um, ideology than Republican, to be honest with you. Um, I'm probably, if someone knew me, they say they would think I'm a Democrat, which is fair, but I don't necessarily associate, associate that way. But they asked about healthcare, which is a big Democrat thing. It's a big thing that Joe Biden talked about. Um, so they asked about healthcare and, and Donald Trump brought up a point that with one, allegedly one of Biden's plan, if he brought up healthcare, would be universal health care, but it was a sense, um, for lack of a better phrase, um, very private health care, such as, you know, some of these companies that do private health care that go out to organizations, um, it would hurt them. Now, Biden did a really, this is one of the parts that I thought Biden kind of shined in this, other than when he was kind of stumbling over his words, kind of showing he wasn't, you know, I'm kind of showing in some cases that he really didn't know what he was talking about. Um, this is one of the places where he shined, where he clearly explained, like, look, this policy that I'm going to, you know, introduce 
is not going to get rid of private insurance. You still can choose private insurance, but again, it's providing insurance for people who cannot afford it. Kind of like Obamacare. You know, Trump ripped Obamacare doing that, but I think that's the right way to do it. If people want to go the private right with health insurance, then let them do it. Let them pay the money. Let, let the private insurers, or if you want to get it through your company, that's fine. But for the people who cannot afford it or people who work jobs for companies that do not give them health insurance, they should be able to go on some type of public health insurance that is affordable or free to them because we pay taxes for that and be able to get basic health care. I don't know why health care, I don't know why universal health care is such a debatable topic in America because almost so many of the other progressive countries have it. It, it makes sense. If you can't get health care from your employer, then you should be able to get health care from the government. Now, some people disagree with that, like, well, saying, well, what's stopping people from, you know, saying no to their um, company's health care, getting universal health care, and then we have to flip the bill for it? That's more of a logistical question. I'm not going to get into that, but we should at least all be fighting for it in some way, shape, or form universal health care. Just like universal education should exist, but that's a whole nother talk for a whole nother day about that. Um, again, I, I thought that was a very interesting point. I thought that was a, a shining point for Joe Biden during the debate when he basically laid out like, hey, you know, this isn't going to kill private insurance, which I know a lot of people who do private insurance and companies that give out private insurance and use it as a hiring point and private insurance companies, that was probably something that they were looking at. My one question to kind of end about the insurance part of it, the health insurance, will Biden's um, proposal raise taxes? Because that's been a lot of the things about Joe Biden too, especially in the commercials, Donald Trump's been pushing that, like Biden wants to raise taxes. I'll be honest with you guys. I don't want to. I don't want to pay any more taxes than I already do. Now, maybe there's a way it balances out by Biden raising taxes, but getting rid of some of the tax laws that benefit corporations and puts more money in our pocket. And maybe it balances out that we don't see a big change, or maybe we do get some of that money back. We end up losing, or we end up losing from um, Trump's tax change. Maybe it ends up balancing out. I don't know. I just know that's a question that I would have as an individual. Will it raise taxes? And it probably will, which if you say raise taxes, that, that makes a light bulb go off in my head that I, I, I don't want that to happen. We're going to have to wait and see. Um, another thing about Biden, kind of another shining point about Biden here that I want to mention is that he did a really good job of doing what I'm doing right now. If you're watching this on YouTube or you get a chance to watch this video, um, I'm looking at the camera. He looked directly at the camera multiple times and addressed the people. He talked about how coronavirus has ravaged our homes. He talked about how, you know, we may have someone who's not at the table because we lost him to coronavirus. It just kind of brought that up with how Trump has handled it, which I think he's handled it badly, just not really as good as we, he needed to. Um, and with that, I think that's a big point. He really, did, Biden did a really good job, and I think this was part of his strategy of looking in the camera and talking to the American people. That's big, because right now, I, I think people don't vote with their heads right now. People aren't voting with their heads or looking at facts, or they're voting with their feelings. It's because every time Donald Trump gets on a mic, he tugs at people's feelings. Either he upsets them or he makes them cheer loudly. Um, and Biden needs to do the same thing, just in different ways, as in making them believe that, like, look, 
I'm not just going to abandon everybody or, you know, I actually care about you as a person and not just use you as a political tool. So I thought that was one of Biden's shining moments. And if that was the strategy going in, I think he did execute it at least three to four times. I think it was about three times he did that um, throughout the debate. I think that's something he needs to focus on. I think if he can get people to understand that he does care about them or he does relate in some type of way, um, I, I, think that's a, I think that's a good thing for him. I think it's important to have a president somewhat like that, that can relate to you or does, I like he does give a damn, you know? Trump, I like he don't give a damn sometimes. Um, and I can't, I can't rock with, I can't rock with that guys. I just can't rock with a guy who just constantly divides and acts like he doesn't care. Now, some people are like, well, he does care about the black community because I don't know if you guys heard Trump recently unleashed a plan to, you know, um, an economic plan for African-Americans for the first time. And he's been in president for four years. So you do with that as you wish. You can go ahead and do the research. I'm not going to say anything about it. I don't have any notes here in front of me about it. Um, my honest opinion, it's a bunch of bullshit. It's an it's a, it's a electoral move. It's just something to grab votes. I've never heard him once. Maybe I'm wrong, but never heard him once during his time presidency. You know, we need to make a, a plan to, to economically help the African-Americans in this country. Bullshit, if I ever heard it. Bull. Bullshit. Come on, man. You gonna do this right before the election? You think we're dumb? Hopefully you guys are a little bit smarter than that because I'm not that dumb. I got a couple degrees under my belt. I paid attention during class. I'm reasonably intelligent. Not the smartest guy in the room, but reasonably intelligent. You're gonna drop an economic plan for African-Americans right before the election and say, oh yeah, this is what we planned. You can't make it up, guys. I put on Twitter while I was watching the debate, I'm moving to Jamaica. I'm seriously considering it. If anybody knows anybody in Jamaica, let me know. I'll work. I'll work. Uh, okay. Uh, next thing would be, and this is kind of the big part of the election here. Uh, excuse me, not big part of the election, big part of the debate. There was a question asked by Chris Wallace um, about white supremacy and hate groups. Um, but before we get to that, there was another question about how they would address their supporters. Because of how the mail-in ballot is working this year with COVID-19, um, allegedly they're going to be counting, you know, um, votes even after election day because of so many mail-ins and so many absentee ballots. So with that, Chris Wallace asked the question that would Biden and, and um, Donald Trump um, tell the supporters to stop with the civil unrest and the violence until all the votes are counted and that you both will hold off on saying that you won or, have, or declare victory until official results are out. Now, Biden, I think he said, this is another good moment for him. I think he said all the right stuff. He said, yes, I will ask my supporters to stay calm, be peacefully, even if I win or lose. You know, so he showed some humility there. Um, now Trump was like, this is what I, I'm going to try. I'm not going to quote him exactly, but this is about what he said. He said, what I'm going to tell my people to do, listen to this guys. I'm going to tell my people to go in person and vote. And I'm going to tell them to watch the polls. 
especially in Philadelphia, because bad things happen in Philadelphia. Because you know what they're doing? They're manipulating the polls. Bad things happen when you mail in ballots. Bad things happen at the polls. And if I think that the ballots have been manipulated or it's been cheated, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go with that. Complete opposite. So basically that was a good, good old fashioned no. If I lose, I'm gonna yell about it and say that I was cheated. If I win, everything was fine. That's what I got out of it. Now, Biden brought up a good point here. He said, wait a minute. If you're so worried about mail-in ballots, you know that's how a lot of military members have been, you know, voting for a long time. So what is the problem now about mail-in ballots? Why are we so concerned about it now when this actually has been an option that people have used for years and years? Why have we brought attention to this option and what's wrong with it years and years ago? Is it because it's a larger scale now? You can make that argument, but if it, if, it was an, if it was an issue of national security, as big as an issue as Trump is making it, why wasn't this addressed back when your election with Hillary? Why wasn't it addressed back when Obama was first sworn in? Like, so what is, what is the big deal here now? I, I really don't get it and I really don't understand. You know, what was the big deal here? So, yeah, that, that, that was interesting too. And again, I didn't like everything Biden said. Um, I don't really have points about it, but I think Biden at times when Trump was personally attacking him, I think he fell into that game. I think he fell into the back and forth game. I think Biden alley-ooped, or let me not say alley-ooped, okie-dokied a couple questions. Actually, not even okie-dokie. He just avoided a couple questions that I would have liked for him to dive into. Let me make something very clear. And I think a lot of people are either leaning either right or left, or left to right, or whatever the case may be. I am not on board with either one of these political parties, but I do think at this moment that Donald Trump is really not the best choice for us. That's not because I have a personal vendetta against Donald Trump. I mean, I don't like the guy personally, but his policies and things and how he leads is just off to me. That's just me expressing my political opinion, which I'm entitled to. And it's not because, so it's not because I think Joe Biden's just, yes, he's the answer. It's not because of that. Voting, first of all, let me encourage everyone to please go vote. No matter who you're voting for, no matter what you believe in, go vote. Because it's important because there are, my brother's in the military. Um, I have family in the military. Um... And that's what they fight for. They, they fight for the, 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 right to be, the right for you to vote. Um, African-Americans that listen to this podcast or those of you have African-American friends, um, to be honest with you, Black people died over the years, fought, you know, protested just to get the right to vote. So please just don't let their fight be in vain. Go let your voice be heard at least as much as you can. Women, especially women, you know, you guys fought for equality for years and years. And in some cases, just like African-Americans, you're still fighting for it. You know, think about all those women who said, we're part of this country too. Think of um, RBG, who fought for women to have um, a normal life outside of just being a woman in a home. You know, so this is my little voting speech here. Go vote, guys. You know, you, you may not feel like it matters. You may not feel like there's a good choice on either end. But do your best, do your research, check your facts, and pick the best one that you think. Because not voting at all, you know, 
is just, I think it's a waste of time and I think it's a waste of the, the, the power that you have been given and the power that others have given before us, okay? That's just my little votes. That's my little, um, you know, vote talk for the day. Last point here. Let's get to the last point and probably the most pivotal one here and the one that you've probably been seeing circulating the most um, on the internet if you haven't watched the debate is the question about the white supremacists. So Chris Wallace asked about, you know, condemning, he, he basically asked Donald Trump, said, Donald Trump, um, will you basically condemn white supremacists and tell them to stop adding to the violence in the country? Now that, now again, the violence in the country, such as, you know, the rioting and the protesters fighting each other and the police brutality, it doesn't fall on one individual um, party. You know, I think, I think everyone has a role in it, but I think the white supremacists and the people who are kind of, in a sense, the far right people don't help. And they've been kind of, and there's been a lot of cycles saying that the far right have been the ones starting it. I think it's a little bit of everybody. You know, I think it's far right, far left, people taking advantage of certain situations. I think it's a mixed breed, but far right definitely, because a lot of times with the far right movements, and they mentioned the Proud Boys, and we'll talk about that in a sec, um, a lot of times these are the ones that are more associated with the violence. But going back to the question, the question basically was, will you, con uh, Mr. President, will you condemn white supremacists and ask them to stand down and let law enforcement basically handle things? Because uh, if you have been paying attention, there's been a lot of instances that where in the news, you'll see militia groups, uh, white supremacists, militia groups, or Proud Boys, whatever you want to call them, whatever the case may be, um, being with law enforcement, trying to take things in their own hands such as the teenager that shot multiple protesters that is now being charged, you know, those type of instances. And Wallace was asking, will you condemn them and tell them to stand down basically and to stop what they're doing, um, basically stopping violence. Um, so Trump, first of all, reluctantly said, well, I'll do whatever it needs to be for peace, which I, I thought he was going to go the right path. And I was wrong again. And he says, okay, what do you call these people? And Chris Wallace was like, well, white supremacists. And then Biden said, Proud Boys. So for those of you who don't know who Proud Boys is, Proud Boys is a group of basically, they're basically right, it's a right-wing group. It, it, it's a group of predominantly, you know, white males that believe in, you know, a lot of right-wing policies. Um, I read some things that they believe in typical gender roles. Um, you know, just some basic closed-minded stuff in my opinion, but you can do your own research and look it up and make your own opinion. I'm not going to speak too much on them, but they, but they have been known to be associated with white supremacist groups and known to be prone to violence um, from multiple things that I've read and articles that I've looked up. Um, now, keep in mind, Chris Wallace was asked, do you condemn white supremacists? Meaning, do you say this isn't right? Trump's response exact response was stand back and stand by boys seriously stand back and stand or was it st stand down excuse me stand down and stand by excuse me stand down and stand by now i don't know about you and again 
not the smartest guy in the room, but I think I know the English language good enough. Stand down and stand by is not condemning. Ben Sharpio, he's a famous right-wing Republican. And you know what? Ben Sharpio, beyond what people think of him, he does list some pretty good points as a Republican sometimes. I'm not a fan of Ben Sharpio, but I'll be honest. He does list some facts and make some good points. He, he, put, he put on Twitter that, you know, everyone's making a big deal of him saying that. You're saying he didn't condemn them. Ben and other people, come on. Saying stand down and stand by is not condemning white supremacists. Use your basic understanding of the English language. Stand down and stand by is not saying I condemn white supremacists. They're not the same thing. It's not another way to say it. Come on. Be smarter. No, I'm serious. And so from that, there have been reports that the Proud Boys, these, these groups, saw when Donald Trump said that as a rally call. There was an uptick in Proud Boys merchandise being sold. The Proud Boys have reported that their members have, they've gotten more members. You know, you could see it on social media. People are, re, people are, are retreating it. They're talking about it. it. They almost treated it like a call to arms, which was the exact opposite of what Chris Wallace was asking Donald Trump to do. He motivated them because he didn't say, no, I don't condemn white supremacists. Now, a lot of people are saying Trump didn't condemn them because he is a white supremacist. I'm not going to go that far and say that. But if he doesn't condemn them, then that means he supports them. It's really that simple. Now, you can make your own analogy to say, you can go ahead and look at the clip yourself and say, well, he did condemn them or not. But if you say you can, if, if you say he condemned them from what he said, I think me and you need to sit down and I need to teach you some first, second grade and third grade English. Because to me, my basic understanding of the human language and my understanding of what stand down means and stand by those phrases together, stand by means hold on a sec, we'll be back. That's not telling anybody you condemn them. People say, well, he did it in the past. When? Who? Why would he bring up the, why would Wallace bring up the question if he did it in the past? It wouldn't have been in question. So yeah, that's, that's my whole thing there. Now, there was a follow-up question by Trump that said, wait a minute, you know, the far right or the Proud Boys and these type of groups aren't the problem. It's Altiva, which is considered the left-wing group, which is kind of like the counterpart to them, which I think the left-wing group is kind of responsible. But here's the thing. Everything that I've read is that um, Altiva is not actually an organization. It's just an ideal that people follow. Um, the Proud Boys are actually a group with a leader in an organization that is public. Alteva is not. So I got my, I got my doubts about that. I, I don't know. When Biden was asked about it, he completely, he said the same thing. He said, it's not an organization. It's an idea. And based on facts we have now, he's kind of right. But he did, this was one of those, I'm kind of going to avoid the question because I don't really know what to say about that. Because Biden knows if he says something about um, Altiva or the left-wing groups, he may lose some voters. And I think that's why Donald Trump went the way he did, because he knows a lot of people on the right-wing track are his voters. It's all a game, guys. They're just saying what they need to say to keep their vote. I don't really think they care if there's violence or right-wing or anything like that. 
one point that I did forget to mention, they did ask about police violence. Um, Biden did mention about police violence and defunding the police. He actually said, I don't want to defund the police. I want social services to work with the police, such as, you know, mental, mental counselors and things like that. Um, and he wants to work with, you know, police chiefs, the community, and basically he used the analogy of bringing them all in the White House and trying to work with them together, which I think that was another big point that Biden needed to hit because all the commercials and all the advertisements say that Biden wants to defund the police. I've said on this show many a times, I don't agree with defunding the police. I think reform is the right way to go for right now. Um, now, Biden did say, hey, we're going to give them more money. I don't necessarily agree with that. I think he kind of just said that to kind of, you know, put police officers at ease. We're not going to take money. My honest point is we need to reconvert money. We do need to take some of your money because obviously there, some of the money we give you needs to be converted to other social services to work with you to go ahead and, um, you know, make some of these situations better and give you guys more resources so we don't have to get violent all the time. Now, they may, police officers may say, why you got to take money from us? Well, because for some reason, America doesn't want to take money out of the military service budget. So we got to take it from somewhere and it's here to help you. So get over it, is my personal opinion. So yeah, guys, that was the debate in a nutshell. A lot happened. I just basically summed up a 90 minute debate in what, about 30 to 40 minutes. So if you're interested, you can go back and watch it yourselves and make your own opinion. But I wanted to give you guys my two cents within this podcast about it. Um, if any of you would like to come, what I want to do, I want to have a bonus episode where I get people other than myself to talk about it. Um, so if any of you are interested, or even if you're interested in breaking down the vice presidential debate, which is next week after that, I'm glad to have you on. Let me know. Hit me up on Instagram. So guys, once again, thank you for listening. Um, please, um, Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel. Content is coming. I'm working on it. Bear with me. We are in a pandemic. That is my excuse for everything. Well, Sean, why have you taken out the garbage? We are in the middle of a pandemic. Oh, Sean, why have you bought new shoes? We are in the middle of a pandemic. The pandemic can stop me for everything. Even though it's really not, It's I just use it as an excuse, guys. <laughs> guys, thanks so much for listening. I would love to talk to you guys a little bit more about this. So, hit me up, send me a message. I'm going to also um, include the article that I talked about about um, in the bio. Um, I'm also going to include a link to the YouTube video for the debate with some of the high points in the bio as well. I think it's important that I spread as much knowledge as possible. So guys, once again, if you haven't heard it today, I love you guys. Stay safe, wear a mask, and like I always say, keep talking.